Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back here on The Big Show, 617-779-7937. I see you guys lined up. We'll get back to your calls in just a bit. It's Pete Shepard and Kirk Minahan in today for Big O and Michael Holly on The Big Show and joining us as he does every week, every Thursday. And this time he's alive from uh, downtown Los Angeles, uh, Director of Basketball Operations for the Celtics, Danny Ainge. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm good, Pete. Kirk, how are you guys? Hey, Danny. Fantastic. Well, uh, let's let's start with uh, with the Christmas Day victory over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, in my opinion, uh, probably the most overall complete victory of the season. You feel the same way? Well, I, I felt probably the Oklahoma City game was the best uh, victory of the year. I think that uh, oh, Brooklyn is not playing as well as they have been playing earlier in the year. Uh, I don't want to take away from it was a good victory. Anytime you get a victory on the road, it's good. But uh, I would say Oklahoma City was the best. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll grant you that. Uh, but you got the coach fired though on Christmas Day after that victory. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was surprising. You know, from coach of the month in the NBA in November to without a job in December, that's that's very unusual. But uh, but at least in uh, this game that happened on Christmas Day, I think one of the most impressive numbers out there was that you know Pierce and KG only had eight points apiece, and you were you were able to. The bench was terrific. Sollinger was terrific, uh, and it, it, I think it showed. I think it showed a lot what this what this bench is capable of. Well, I thought that um, Jeff Green and Sollinger, both off the bench, were very very good and even Courtney Lee who didn't put up big numbers off the bench I thought he played in a, a very important role defensively on Joe Johnson and our, our bench at the most important time of the game in the second quarter I thought really turned the game around while our big three were resting I think Paul was still on the court but he wasn't doing the scoring so I thought that was a good performance by our bench our bench has done that often this year uh, you know, as a bench, they're not going to – most benches don't do that every night where they're the leading scorers on the team, and, and especially on our team where we have three all-star caliber players in our starting lineup. But um, we do need that occasionally. And on Christmas Day, it was, it was good to see Jeff and Foley go out there and be our leading scorers. If I told you before the year started, Danny, on December 27th, you'd be going to L.A. and playing a team with the best record in the NBA. Would you have been uh, shocked? Not really. Um, although I, w- I probably wouldn't have predicted it, Kirk. I, I thought that I wouldn't have been surprised either. They're, they're loaded. Uh, they a lot of talent. Uh, Chris Paul is playing at a very high level at both ends of the court. They have interior offense, interior defense. They have perimeter shooting. Uh, you know, I think Lamar Odom is a terrific player. He hasn't been in the best of shape, but he's, he looks like he's starting to play better for them. Um, you know, Jamal Crawford has had a 13-year NBA career, and he's had arguably the best year of his entire career in his 13th season. So uh, they, they're playing on all cylinders right now. And 
with with a player like Chris Paul and a leader as like Chris Paul, nothing surprises you. No, it doesn't. I think, uh, and it's you know, Rondo didn't get his triple double on national TV like he usually does on Christmas Day. However. Uh, tonight on TNT, 10.30 start, or oh, probably more close to like quarter of 11. But I think the, the entire country is going to be watching this matchup with Rondo and Paul tonight. I think it's, it's, it's must-see NBA TV. Right. I, I hope it doesn't, uh, you know, from our perspective, I hope it doesn't turn into, uh, you know, a, a one-on-one match. I hope that we get everybody contributing like we did on Christmas Day. I mean, it doesn't matter where we get the points. we got to take the path of least resistance and, have contributions from a lot of players to beat a team like Clippers. You know, in the past couple of weeks, Doc has called out this team a few times publicly, their their toughness and saying they're not just not a very good basketball team. Do you see progress, I think, I would guess, uh, on both sides? Do you feel like they're tougher than they were a couple of weeks ago? Do you see legitimate improvement? It's hard to put a lot of stock into one Christmas win over the Nets, but are you seeing sort of the, uh, the end of the line here, sort of what you built for this team, your vision when the year started? You know, I've seen stretches of it. I've seen stretches of it in games that we've lost. I've seen a lot of good things. Um, but, you know, I, I always use the, the word resolve, and that's when I really know our team is focused and determined to play when we can fight through the adversity of each individual game. And when things aren't going well, those 6 nothing runs, those few turnovers don't turn into 18 to nothing runs. We need to limit those kind of runs, especially against the good teams. And I think it's just focus. You know, I don't know if it's toughness, although I guess it is mental toughness. We do know that this team has the ability to play at a very high level. And they've shown that. And over the last – and this isn't just happening this year. Last year we started out 13-17, and and I didn't think that we had any resolve at that time. And, And then I thought that we had as much resolve as any team I've ever been around uh, the second half of the season. And the same thing the year before when we went all the way to the NBA Finals Game 7 against the Lakers. I, I thought our team in the regular season, we finished 27-27. and 27 and I felt like we just didn't have that fight or resolve, what Doc might refer to as toughness. But then I thought that we played the best basketball in this, um, you know, six-year era that we since we've had KG. Um I thought that that was the best basketball we had ever played. He, even to this day, I think that was in that series, the Orlando series and Cleveland series. So I know these players have it within them. Um, I, I, I will never doubt that because they've shown time and time and time they're, what they're capable of. But they also have a tendency to play down to the level of their competition and to um, pace themselves for lack of a better term, throughout the course of the regular season. Well, Danny, just go, again, just going back to what we saw on Christmas Day, what I liked, I loved the defense, the way the ball was constantly being attacked. I mean, it's seen by, by everybody. I love that kind of basketball. I love when you guys are playing you know, great transition basketball, making the extra pass, moving the ball around. I mean, that, that looked like the Celtics team we've seen uh, peaking at, at you know, higher levels back in you know, uh, last year at the end and, and you know, and obviously in uh, 2010 and, and 2008. No, it was a good game, no question about it. I, I thought our ball movement, I thought our focus defensively in our assignments, our, our defensive execution was by far better than the time before we had played uh, New Jersey. So that was encouraging. And you know, whenever whenever you get a win on the road uh, against a, a rival, it's a, 
<laughs> it's a very good win. And hopefully we can build off that and, and just keep getting better at, at the execution part. You know, Danny, the last two games in the D-League, Fab Mello, 24 points, 12 rebounds, and 11.5 blocks I think he's averaging. Are you, you going to kind of wait and see with him? Is he going to stay there for a while, or has he done enough that you're starting to reexamine maybe if he can have a role in this team soon? Well, we're, we're excited about what Fab is doing, and you know, I'm excited about the development that he's made from the beginning of the season to now and where he is. I don't really want to disrupt his development right now. Uh, there, there aren't a lot of minutes or opportunities for Fab right now on our club. Our team is traveling so much and we don't have a lot of times to practice. And so I think that right where he's at, where he's playing his minutes and he's getting all that attention and producing, uh, getting some confidence, I think is a good place for him to be right now. What's been, I understand it's a different level of competition, obviously, but but what's been your reports, or if, if you've seen them, what's been different with him down there versus maybe what was going on before the preseason, you know, overall with him? Well, Fab is a talented player, and I think that he's just, just fitting in and learning our terminology. Mm-hmm. Coming from a different culture, Fab has gone through some tough times uh, in the preseason. Uh you know, losing his brother, I thought was a, a pretty tough time for him emotionally, along with just the transition from college to the NBA, uh, the language barriers. Um, I think there's a lot of things that, that Fab has to overcome. We're just trying to be patient as we can with him and uh, through his development and, and hope to, and just trying to look at the big picture. We're talking with uh, Celtics uh, Director of Basketball Operations, uh, Danny H. here on The Big Show. Uh, Danny, also, one thing that was frustrating, we had Max on yesterday. I asked him about this again, what happened in the Brooklyn game. That that KG, that ridiculous double technical call with Wallace, when, when is this nonsense going to stop? What, what what can you do or anybody? I mean, it, it's got to stop. It's ridiculous. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, I, I thought it was – I didn't think it was the right call. Uh, but, you know, every game I watch, whether it's college or – or NBA or European games, there's always calls that I that I don't see it the way the officials see it. That's been going on for 35 years of my lifetime, so I'm sure that's not going to change anytime soon. You know, I think that they're just trying to keep the game clean and and not give anybody an advantage. Try to stop all the nonsense and the and the extracurricular things that go on in the course of a game. And I think they thought that both parties were guilty of just actions that didn't need to happen in the course of the game. And it's just easier to, rather than blame one person, to, to uh, not give any team an advantage and stop the nonsense. Is it frustrating for you and Doc and the players that, and it's an amazing number, we're so used to the Celtics playing on Christmas Day, but I, you know, I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was this bad. Uh, the 29 games played, and the Celtics are 12-17 and 17 on Christmas Day, 28 of them have been on the road. I mean, I mean, are there that many concerts or ice shows booked at the Garden or the Fleet Center or, or you know, wh- wherever the name of the building wait, wait, was? Danny, it's, Danny, it's, wait, wait a minute, Pete. You're telling me the players who are 23, 24 years old are going to be frustrated that the Celtics have played 29 games on the road? No, I'm Christmas? saying every I mean, Christmas the Celtics seem to play or always been playing on the road. One time in the history that they in the, they've, they've played on Christmas Day, they played at home. That's that's a little crazy to me. Right. Well, you know, I think that it would be nice to play at home. I think everybody would like to be at home at Christmas, but it's just not, for whatever reason, I don't know the reasons, Pete, why we're not playing at home on Christmas Day, but, um, you know, we don't control that 
we play where they tell us to play. You know, I watched that. It's funny you mentioned that, Pete. I watched that 85-86 Christmas game again in NBA TV, Danny. Well, you, you watch that game again. You hear guys say, oh, that team could have won 70, 72 games. That's one of those games. How do you lose games like that? Up 24. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> what happened? You know, I think that happened to that team a lot. It I did, right? You know, I, still, I still think that 86 team was as good a team as you know ever what yep. there was in the NBA. But even good teams, you let your guard down, it's tough to get that momentum back. I think the easiest thing in the NBA for players to do is play when they're behind by 20. I think everybody loosens up and starts playing freer and and not thinking so much about their shots. And, and uh, I think that teams that get a lead just play, let their guard down a little bit. It's hard when you when you lose that momentum to regroup. Um, that 86 team, we did that a lot, although usually we found a way to win the games. Um, it seemed like every time we had a 20-point lead, it would get back down to five, and then we'd have to, to win the game. But um, I think that those things just happen. I mean, I saw a game the other night, 27 points late in the third on the road. Milwaukee came back and beat Chicago. Chicago yeah. Those are just saying you just – those happen in the NBA, and it's not because it, you're, you're playing a lot of games is one reason why it happens. And you're As a player, you know, you don't try to think of the next game, but you can't help but realize you have a game the next night. And then there's guys that come off the bench that haven't played in a few weeks that are fresh and – yeah, they have nothing to lose, so they just go out and pray, play so free and easy. Uh, Danny, uh, Avery Bradley, should we expect him back on the uh, on Wednesday against Memphis next week? Um, I think so. That, that's been the target date for a while, and I haven't seen anything to change that yet. But, um, you know, we'll make sure that before we send Avery out there, we'll make sure that he is ready. And... Um, you know we don't want to we don't want to rush him. We want to make sure he's ready. But he looks good. He's he's worked extremely hard, and uh, everybody's excited to get Avery back. He looks good in practice and hasn't had any setbacks before this trip. Um, so I'm hoping that that will be the case. All right, Denny. Thanks so much. I'd have a happy New Year, and we'll talk we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Happy New Year. Thanks, thanks Danny, a lot, Danny Ainge, uh, Celtics uh, director of basketball uh, operations, and what a stretch coming up for the Celtics. Great game coming up tonight. Uh, the Clippers Saturday at Golden State, which could be another great game. Then Sacramento on Sunday, a team they lost to out there last year uh, in uh, in uh, mid March. And then uh, the next game after that is home against uh, Memphis, and hopefully yeah. Avery Bradley will be back. So some interesting times are for the Celtics, and uh, not that you're going to learn a whole heck of a lot here over the next three games, but I think it's going to be very interesting. If you're a Celtics fan, uh, it's a pretty good test. Yeah, it is. No, it's a good good idea to see where you are, if you made any progress here. Again, it's not a definitive statement on the 2012-13 Celtics. But, yeah, I agree with that. And I do agree with Danny on this. That 85-86 team was the best team I've ever seen. Oh, and I, and I, I, no, me, there's no there's no doubt about it. I no, mean, the Lakers team the next year was really good. You get arguments from people, younger kids now, who've never seen that team play with Walton coming off the bench and oh. what he did. I mean, Bird but is peak, Mikhail is peak. And people will tell you that Christmas Day game, they're up by 24 on the Knicks. Yep. I'll never forget it. And they lost. And they were livid. They went on a tear after livid. that. They went on a tear yeah. after that. And that's the year they only lost one game at home. Yeah. It was to Portland, I think. And they got walloped. It was by like 30-something well, at they home. They went 41 at home that year, won yeah. all the playoff games. Yeah. And then they went 39-2 and two the next year at home. Yeah. It was either Portland <laughs> or Utah. I it think was Portland. That, it was Portland. Like, yeah. That really, yeah. really smashed they went in them. blew them out. That was like 18, 20 points, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was more than that. I think was it was more, it? Than, yeah, I think it was more that than that. They really got, uh, they really got hammered that game. One of the Texans will tell us, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.